Yeah, you can't expect your environment to change for you. You have to change for your environment. I think so many people expect for things to just happen. Welcome to Subject to Change, a podcast dedicated to talking about the things that matter and the things that don't. Yes, mate. Yes, yes, yes. It is. We're back. We are back, everyone, and excited. It is a beautiful day um, after we've had a long weekend. It's been a good weekend. Yeah, it has actually. We took both of the Monday off, so we've had from Friday off and then uh, back to work tomorrow. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Well, guys, welcome back to episode two of Subject to Change. Uh, So before uh, before we really get into it, um, sorry, that was ugly shit. Oh, I was going to say, I've had a lot of of new changes since. I've got my uh, new phone case with my phone popper. This is, uh, I'm just, I don't know if anyone else has one of these, but I'm sure they do. But a phone popper, it really helps because like when you want to hold your phone, you ever have it like you drop your phone on your face in the middle of the night or like, you know, when you're in bed and, uh, and you, do you not, not, yeah, exactly. And so you're holding it then and you don't drop it because you don't drop it. It's like, anyway, it's only like a couple of bucks, but it actually is really helpful. When you want to take a selfie as well, you don't have to worry about it dropping and it's just like hold it like this. But yeah, that's what's, uh, that's what's changed. So you finished? Yeah, now I'm done now. Yeah, yeah, that's no, no, good. <laughs> I got that. Oh uh, goodness. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to start the podcast off just to to recap a little of that first bit. But yeah, welcome to Subject You Change, um, episode two. Thank you very much. Um, you could be anywhere in the world right now, but you have chosen to be here with us. Um, yeah, thanks very much, guys. We really, 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 really appreciate that. We've had some great feedback as well. Yeah. After we um, dropped the first episode. Oh, hit. Oh. I quite like that word now. After we dropped the first episode, having people saying they really found it interesting. Yeah. Some of the top... One of our friends actually listened to it twice, which was... Uh, which is awesome to hear. Yeah, it's so nice to that kind of feedback. Someone actually... Like, you know, and how the views we actually did get from it and how much people <laughs> had listened to it. I was just so surprised. It's such a nice, like... We've had um, surprisingly a lot of listens, yeah. considering it's our first podcast across all three of those platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. It could have been just because of Oakley, but... Huh? It could have been just because of Oakley, but... Yeah, they can't really see the dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Maybe on YouTube, and also YouTube. But, um, yeah, so this is uh, episode two, and I think based on the title of what the podcast is, you probably have a little bit of an inclination as to as to what this um podcast is going to be about yeah and um, we're actually recording on the 26th of january yeah and um, which if you're not living in australia or from australia you may not know what this day is so today is basically known as australia day but to a lot of people it's it's definitely a day of mourning mm. a day of heartache a day of um, just remembering the awful things that happened on this island um, back in 1788. Um, so we just wanted to make people who are listening to this just know that we we are aware of what the day means to a lot of people yeah. and how much this can actually affect um, you all, knowing that there's so many people that are still um, celebrating this day as a day of happiness when it really is is the complete opposite yeah no 100% I was saying before that um, when I first came to Australia I think a lot of backpackers were like I'm, that as I well seeing, yeah. we weren't taught about aboriginals or anything like that and my, I remember my my ex was Australian and I remember her telling me about it and 
like you know I was I had no idea I think I don't know if it's the same as anyone else but I asked my friends and obviously we went to the same school we weren't taught that we settled Australia we weren't taught loads of different stuff like that so when I came and I watched the I watched this program called you can't ask you can't ask stuff like that you might have seen I think I've told you about it's on ABC it's a really cool program you can't ask stuff like that and essentially they bring people on and they have the public send in these questions and they they bring on like gay people aboriginals uh, priests people who've like attempted suicide murderers rapists and they have these questions just sent in from the public and the first episode is on aboriginals and I watched it I was like what the f-? I had no idea and watching it was so like it's very heavy to like listen to and you know understanding how they're treated on a day-to-day basis and I know we've places we've been to like Darwin and stuff like that it's it's very confronting it is so um yeah definitely I think it's yeah, I think, important yeah, to just like as you said most backpackers when they, they move here and um, you really don't have a clue because what Australia does portrayed as to you in the media is just a celebration everyone yeah. parties there's loads of events on yeah so when we get when you get here it's you're excusing the ignorance somewhat because you can't really, you can't, if you don't know, you don't know. But yeah. I think when you do find out, I think that's when you need to make a decision on what you do with that information. And after that, you yeah. know, it, it just says a lot about you as a person. Yeah, 100%. Decide. Um, so with that, today's episode, we thought we'd, uh, we'd go in with a bit of um, something that's quite, would be a good word. I think we wanted to, I think with this episode, we've obviously put a bit on our social media over the last day or two, but it's been, I think we, we speak about it, we speak about it quite a lot, and I think it's something that should be spoken about a lot more, Men, mental health, mental wealth, you know, yeah. that's essentially like one of the big topics we're going to be talking about, because I know that myself and you have experienced it in the past, just like everyone else has, has been through certain aspects of mental health and how they've dealt with it, and I think that it's important in today's it just it's important in general that people should be able to speak about these topics more openly yeah without feeling weak or vulnerable or like they shouldn't be discussing these things because of some level of like bravado that they need to keep up with their friends and you know i think i think friendship is massively built on vulnerability i think outside of all the bullshit the bands you have with your mates if you don't ever speak about stuff like this it's very just surface level i think that's why we wanted to talk about it i guess just if anyone can pull anything away from this 100 i think it's, it it makes it all worth it and yeah and just as a slight disclaimer as well you know we we aren't we you know we're not healthcare professionals yeah we aren't professionals this is purely our opinion coming from experience yeah and if anyone does disagree or you know wants to dispute us feel free to email those disputes through to lee whitworth at hotmail.com please do that's w-h-i-t-w-o-r-t-h leewhitworth at hotmail.com i'm looking forward to that response um but yeah so yeah as, as dan said we just wanted to touch on it we're not healthcare professionals yeah. we we're just going to be pretty much just talking about some of the experiences we've had yeah and listen <clears throat> that on our experiences we're going to talk about why we think a lot of people do suffer from mental health yeah. why we think they may not seek help and yeah just going down different avenues um of that and there uh, before we before we like um started i kind of did like a bit of research on like some some like of the facts about mental health as well um, and it's just crazy how much <clears throat> stuff like the suicide rate has risen over the past 20 years i think and there's been about a 35% increase in the suicide rate over the past 20 years, which is like, that's just, that's ridiculous. That's like, a, that's just, it, it was baffling re- reading that information because 
I feel like over the past 20 years, and especially whenever we've been growing up through this age of social media and how media has just completely just perplexed and just skyrocketed in terms of how much money has been invested in it. When I think with all that being said with social media, I think whenever we were growing up in school and stuff like that, um, like mental health um, wasn't like, talked about at no, all. It, de- it definitely wasn't. And I know... Like mental health day is like a thing every year, isn't it? There was like this happened like a couple of months ago. It's like yeah. a, a day, and I was saying when this happened, and this was like one of the things before we started this podcast. I, you know, I had a thought of is, correct me if I'm wrong. People always talk about, you know, if you want to speak about mental health, speak about it. But I'm like, no one I really know really speaks about it, and people. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like Gleason and he wanted to have one line in it. Um, people always talk about wanting to speak about mental health, but then I don't really hear people talking about it and like actually coming, you know, speaking about the situations that they've been through. Or when something does happen, which I know a lot of my friends, they they just they're very just quick to bury the situation and they rather deal with it on their own. I know that's something I definitely did do in the past. Why do you, why do you think that is? I think it probably comes from like social media magazines i know growing up you've got stuff like men's health all these magazines how men are spoken about being like tough you know all this like bravado keeping our emotions buried down deal with it you're the man of the house you're the hunter gatherer all this kind of stuff and it's like we're taught that you know we're just there to just be tough individuals yeah, it's like the term man up has just been something that just rolls off yeah people's tongue and i think i just said when you're going up just being a man was just something that was seen as that's how you're meant to suppress your your emotions like men don't cry men are meant to be powerful whereas women were almost taught that like they should show their emotions yeah Yeah. like there's nothing wrong if you cry as a female 100 there's nothing wrong if you if you get upset whereas with men it's almost like if like when you cry like i I would cry and i would never tell someone yeah and i'd feel so stupid after i cried i was like what what was the point of that just wasted and he did feel better after the cry but for some reason just with how society consciously and subconsciously um um just just end up teaching us that as men you shouldn't do that and i think a lot of it again is to do with how um your men and women are also portrayed on 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 TV on in movies and just all all walks of life without even noticing you're taking in all this information and even without you noticing like it, there's just so much there that teaches you to, to that how you're supposed to act is that yeah. way and I think as we've gotten older and we're just being exposed to more media more information um I think it becomes a little bit more overwhelming yeah. And then people now think that if they talk about it, because before they were never taught taught how to explain themselves, how to, to say things out loud, they're feeling. I think now that we're in a stage where they we're bombarded with so much pressure, so much information, so many people and the things to compare ourselves to, yeah. we don't really know how to process it. Yeah, how to process it. And even yeah. and even if we know there's something wrong, we're we're just so afraid to to say it. It's still that first moment of like. 
vulnerability that mm-hmm. I think people have like an issue with and I think it's like a muscle like when you go to the gym and you work on a muscle you've never worked on it before it's always going to be tough and you're going to feel soreness the next day mm-hmm. but it's like the more you do that the more you have muscle memory and the easier it gets and you know a problem shared is a problem half yeah you know, that's the same problem shared is a problem half and you know over the last couple of years whenever I have a problem now I call one of my best mate Dan yeah. and uh, I'm just straight away on the phone just because it just helps massively and it just alleviates the pressure I've shared that information with someone else and I can also get a better like an, an outside perspective yeah i think that's so important for someone to do even if you don't think it's important just call someone and share it with them because you, you never know because if you let that fester away it just adds another layer and something else happens and eventually it's just a domino effect and yeah. like people end up crumbling that's you know no you you like I've, ne- I've never known anyone who's committed suicide i've never known anyone who has mm. i don't know if you have but it's like i reckon though if you met that person six months before would you have thought he's going to commit suicide probably not maybe not and i know people have said that to me like i would have never thought that would have been him because on the surface he looks good and he looks fine yeah but underneath when he goes home he's a complete mess Impression, yeah. and it's like you know if, if only someone would have just asked like are you okay like how are you feeling i think sometimes that question we ask someone you know how are you it's it's always come back with you know oh, i'm fine you know it's just like that automatic response and but I, think, I think not many people ever just go you know what i'm actually not okay and I think a lot. I think a lot of it is also to do just also accepting the way you're feeling. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people will will know that they're suffering, will know that they're depressed, will know they're suffering from anxiety, yeah. but they'll almost try to suppress it. It's almost as if they're feeling that way, but they think that there's something actually wrong with them, like they that they shouldn't be allowed to feel this way. So I think when people suppress, I think that's the problem. And Obviously, it's easier, like said than done. But I think accepting that you're allowed to be upset, like you're, it's the exact same way. Um, the fact that you're allowed to feel happy, you're allowed to have a good life, you're allowed to to smile, you're allowed to laugh. In turn, you're also allowed to be sad. You're also allowed to be upset. Things happen. The world isn't easy. There's so much going on in this world that it would be, you'd be very, very naive to think that you you're not allowed to go through heartache. You're not allowed to feel upset. But I think the key is just one just accepting accepting the way you feel and then yeah. try 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 to do things that are gonna yeah that are gonna help somewhat fix the problem i also think by no means are we trying to compare it to someone who let's say has like depression yeah, or something yeah. like that like by no you know like i said we're not professionals it's yeah. nothing like that no one is like bipolar you know that's a that's the thing you would need to seek professional help for 100%. i think it's more when you're dealing with an issue it's how you deal with that on yeah. like a on a like a, a micro level or whatever i'm trying to say so i think yeah that's important to definitely note but i know that when we started this episode i think we've you know, I think coming to it with an issue that we've been through is quite important because A, it shows vulnerability, mm-hmm. which is important for people to yeah. understand that, you know, every single person deals with this and maybe to hear how like we dealt with it. Yeah. Because, you know, if, if other people can see other people dealt with it like that, maybe it's possible for them and, yeah. you know, yeah. There's certain things that happen when you're younger that also will have an effect on you. Yeah, 100%. Up. And you, you know, for me, I never really noticed it until... I got older, and I and I think um and I think uh, as you get older, for me anyway, self reflection was a big thing. Yeah. Always like looking back and thinking, why did I ever feel that way, or how did I handle the situation? So, example, we're talking about a mental health, um, this mental health episode, and one of the the notes we made is just just to give like an example or a couple of examples of like how 
like we've dealt with it. Yeah, how we've dealt with it and the kind of situations that we've been in, what we did, what the situation was, if you're happy enough to share. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I think, do you want to go first? If you, yeah, if you prefer. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the biggest issues, I think one of the biggest mental health issues I had back in the day um, it's luckily I've always been a very outgoing person very easy to talk to but I think there's also like I find that sometimes people who are like that's because they have dealt with quite a few issues maybe and it's like it's very surface level and, and everything's underneath and one of the biggest things that I went through is in first year of uni so I was 19 when my dad passed away and I uh, put something on Instagram about him recently and uh, I was 19 he died from cancer I think he got told he had like seven months to live or like a year and a half to live if he died in seven months and he was like my, my best mate I've got like three tattoos dedicated to him we'll probably end up getting some more and that for me was was awful I remember I was at uni at the time and being like 18 19 you're mm. at such I think still such an impressionable age yeah you know the person I am now would I have acted that way if it happened now probably not mm. I would have dealt with it very differently but how I dealt with it at the time is when I found out I um, was smoking a lot of weed at the time and I was, I started drinking like heavily, getting absolutely hammered, mm. blackout drunk. And not a lot of people here would know that version of me, but a lot of people back home would who were around me at the time and who helped me and were on the phone to me. And I don't think initially I really wanted to speak to anyone about it. And I remember just binge drinking constantly. I was going on nights out drinking like almost like almost un just under like a liter of vodka for prize and mm. blacking out, waking up in bed, not knowing how I got there, bruises all over me texts on my phone of fights I tried to start almost got arrested and I was doing that for maybe like the best part of a year mm. and uh yeah it was awful it was awful at the time at the time did you know all that you were doing was in yeah. reaction to that yeah no I, you knew that's why you were doing it yeah I constantly did it I was like I just want to completely go into self-destruct mode and yeah. I didn't know what else to do I was like I don't really know how to talk about this and at that age being in uni mm. you're already going out and I was like cool just I'm just going to completely send it and just go absolutely mental and every single night I was just getting hammered hammered as fuck not thinking about the consequences starting fights with my mates their girlfriends calling my mum my dad when he was alive crying down the phone every mm. single night I'd be on the floor outside clubs lying on my back part almost passing out on the phone to him and then after it did happen it just got even worse how do you feel like the, like the so you went out got blacked out drunk how do you feel like the next morning besides obviously being like really hungover like what what was your thought process like what did you do did you just lie there and and just self-pity and then just wake up and do it again yeah pretty much just lie there really hungover mm. feel like shit the pain was still there and then I think you're so hungover I just lie in bed just thinking about it and then just get drunk again that evening I wouldn't like day drink but I'd just get drunk again and be like cool let's go out again tonight I just what was you obviously don't do that now what, what was the point where you just decided that <sighs> you know what I'd have to probably ask one of my friends I'd have to ask my mate Dan because maybe he saw the transition but mm. I think it's like I kind of completed it mm. and I feel like it was for me it was like self-therapy yeah and like to that I, I did do a lot of like thinking and self-reflecting and stuff like that maybe i did speak to my friends but i don't think i did but i feel like i'd completed it i felt like i'd got everything out of my system that i wanted to i'd cried every night i'd had all these deep chats and i was drunk about it i just felt like I'd, i had nothing left yeah you know 
like just nothing left at all and I wouldn't recommend that to anyone because yeah, I could have done yeah. some really stupid things I could have A ended up battered and sent yeah. to hospital by trying to start fights with people B I could have got run over by a car being hammered C I could have died Any, anything could have happened so I wouldn't recommend that to anyone but I think a really big thing that I had a chat with one of my friends a couple of months ago his dad had passed away and I basically sent him a message being like you're going to have all these people reach out to you yeah. to tell you you know that you should try this you should do this but I'm like whatever you are going to do just do it yeah and no one can tell you the right way to deal with it but if you can speak to someone while you're doing what you're doing it will just give them the heads up to keep an eye on you yeah for sure because no one's an expert on that situation and anyone telling you you know don't do this don't just it's like well that's what i want to do at the time and you telling me would just send me further down that line anyway so it's a really hard thing to deal with but i think the biggest thing that I would tell, you know, that was a really hard time that I went through is eventually started speaking to my friends about it yeah. and opening up about it. And even that time of being like, you know, I did that and I was getting so hammered and, and obviously I wasn't getting drunk anymore, but that residue feeling of feeling sad and depressed about it was still there. Yeah. Even though I was tired of getting drunk now. I was just there with that depressed feeling and that's when I need to start speaking to people about it and that's exactly what I did I just sat down with my friends and I was just talking and talking and talking and you know at the end of the day it happens like everyone's parents is, is going to die you'd only hope that it would be due to you know old age yeah when they're like sure. 70 and you're like a bit older oh. you said like something really really good though you said um that you are going to deal with it the way you're going to deal with it and you as a friend if if you go and tell them I'm dependent I think it's it's important when you're dealing with situations like if you have a friend and they're in a situation like that for what you were going through. Yeah. For example, yeah. I think you as a friend looking at that, it's important for you to understand the type of friend you have. Yeah. In terms of how you're gonna approach the situation kind of help. Because some friends, if you give them that tough love, they're just gonna push you away. Hundred percent. Whereas others, if you give them that tough love, they're, they're they're there's gonna be a chance that they're more likely to listen to that. Where there's others, you have to show more of a compassion and understand. It's like okay, I don't agree with what you're doing. I can't even fathom how you're going through this situation. Yeah. But you you're gonna do what you're gonna do. You're gonna deal with it the way you're gonna deal with it. But just know that I'm gonna be here for you. Yeah. And I think there's a fine line between that tough love and showing that compassionate love yeah. and I think the key is really to just to just know that friend because I have friends who go through stuff and there's certain ones where I would give the compassion yeah. but then there's others I'd be like man nah like you're being, you're being a dickhead kind yeah. of thing you know I, mean? I think it's based on the situation and based on the context at the time yeah. I think it's a very delicate situation mm. but and it's important that you it, it's again it's how close you are to that person yeah exactly you got you got you got to in those type of situations you gotta like almost stay in your lane you gotta know where like where you stand and like how, how much you think they'll yeah react to what you're saying kind of thing I didn't even speak to my, my mum about it really I haven't I don't even speak to my yeah I didn't really speak to my mum about it at the time because I didn't want to add to her stress so again it was just something like I just wanted to just take on my own mm. yeah it's um it's interesting I think grief brings out a lot of mixed emotions in people it does definitely um, but yeah, gladly say that today, you know, I've spoken about the situation now with so many other people and people that I know that have been through it or are dealing with it, I always like reach out to them if I know them because I, when this is a tangent, but when it happened to me, I had loads of random people who I hadn't spoken to in like five years reach out to me and be like, hey, if you ever want to speak to me, 
I'm here and I'd get really fucking pissed off Yeah. because it's like you A don't know me that well and to reach out to me now now because I'm dealing in shit now you want to be there and for some reason I took that as like some self gratification thing it's like to make you believe you're a good person and it's like you might be a good person but you don't have to reach out to me to be my friend because I'm in shit yeah. my friends are there for me when I'm at my highest and at my lowest Yeah. you're not a friend because you're there because I'm dealing with sadness and yeah. I think that when I reached out to this guy I was very open. I said, look, I don't expect you to reach out to me. I'm not saying I'm here for advice because you've got friends and family. You don't need me for that. This is what I went through. This is probably what you will go through. Yeah. If you want to write back to me, feel free. If not, I completely understand. Yeah. And I think that was what, how I wanted to go at it because I know how I felt when I had people who hadn't known me for five years saying that to me. I was like, well, do you think we're suddenly we're going to become best friends off no, some no, grief I, that I've I get just that dealt with? My issue with that, that is, That's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I, my issue with that one is, is like, okay, maybe you haven't spoken with this person in five years, yeah. but you used to be like really, like really good friends. You know what I mean? So if, for example, no, I wasn't even good friends with them. What were you friends in school? So you were just, just know me, just yeah. random people. Just knew me. Yeah. So like, for me, if I was to go through something like that, and I, I have friends that I was, I was like hung out with five years ago that I don't really speak to, partly because I've moved so far away and we just don't really communicate. Yeah. But if something like that happened to me, like. If they reached out, I'd really appreciate it. Not that, not that I, I expect them to constantly be, um, I don't know, messaging me or giving me advice. But it's like we had a relationship at one stage. Yeah, that's fair. It's almost to say. I think uh, maybe I was just bitter. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it was. Because if if you if you've had some sort of relationship with someone, and maybe at some stage they they may have thought that you you were friends at the time. Maybe they thought that your relationship was some somewhat I don't amicable and you would talk the old time I feel that them reaching out is just saying hey I know we haven't spoken but we used to have conversations we may not have been best friends may not have been friends but I used to walk past you in the hallway in school and we'd, we'd have a chat this and that just letting you know that's, that a, that's a fair point there's just a good there's a good chance that you're just in a stage where um, where you obviously you're grieving and that was just yeah. the initial reaction to that. I wouldn't see it the same way. I don't think about it the same way now, but yeah. like in the mindset I was then, I took it as like very... And I think you're allowed to feel like that. Yeah, I was just very bitter about getting messages like that off people that I wasn't even friends going, with. Going through um, a trauma like that, I don't feel like you need to even justify some of, no. some of your reactions. You're allowed to do that. I probably did take it as like quite bitterness at the time. But now looking back at the situation, I can understand where you're coming from. I think it's a good point that maybe people just want to reach out to be a good person. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be some kind of... Because I'm sure you you probably have friends that have gone through or will go through stuff that you may not have spoken to in four or five years. Like yeah. you said, that guy that you messaged and you message him even though you don't speak to him so you've had the same thought that those people may have had like yeah. oh and I haven't spoken to dad in ages his dad just died you know what I mean like I should I should just say that you know I'm thinking about you yeah. and, and that's, that's it move on yeah. you know I mean? so I guess the main takeaway from what I dealt with at the time is that whatever you're going to a situation like that I think whatever you're going to do you're going to do but just share it with someone and yeah. I think you know how you deal with that kind of issues yeah how I dealt with it is just speak to someone around you yeah. even if it's just one person just yeah. have like one go-to person of course. because it could stop you doing something really stupid and you know for me I don't think it was ever going to be anything more than that mm. but someone else it could have been a lot worse it could have been like a drug overdose it could have been 
it could have been something a lot worse. I think a really important thing is just just speak to even just one person. Have like one talking buddy who's just every day yeah. you just at least tell them what what you're going through. So um, that, that's I, why that's why I recommend. I not, since you've mentioned the talking buddy thing, so mine in terms of how I've dealt with mental health kind of thing. And at the time I was young, so and again as we said before, just when you're younger mental health and being mentally aware is just not something that you were taught so at yeah. the time when i was going through all this sort of stuff like it was never thought but mine is also to do with my dad so um i've never really i've never had a father figure in my life growing up and um, my mom and my dad were married they had me but then they got a divorce have you ever met him yeah 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 oh okay, i got like, it when, like really young so it, to the point where i can't really remember okay. very much i I have certain little flashbacks yeah. of 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 back then, but in terms of overall remembering, not very much. Yeah. But um, yeah, had then we had a father figure and stuff. They got divorced. My dad moved to Barbados, mm-hmm. and then I lived in Jamaica for a little bit longer, and then we moved all the way across to Ireland. And yeah, just just growing up with one at the time, didn't really think very much of it because it's something you're quite used to. There's something you're quite used to, yeah, you're, you're just quite used to, and, and I guess as a kid, you kind of just, whatever you've been dealt, you just see it as normality, until you start to get to a certain age, of maybe your teenage years, and for me, it was probably around um, my teenage years, when I got to about 15, 16, whatever, and I had a friend, Jenna, who would like always like ask me about him, like, oh, do you, do you know your dad, whatever, it's like, yeah. Like, yeah, I know him, like, when I was younger, but I don't really, I don't, like, I don't know, don't know the guy at all. And she's, like, the my best friend that would always, like, challenge me in my thoughts, always, like, ask me how I was kind of thing, and always would, like, push me to talk about it kind of thing. Yeah. Knowing that I would probably want to, but knowing that I didn't want to, if that made sense. Yeah. Because naturally, for me, I'm, I'm not a very, you probably notice I don't really... I'm not an open book. Like mm. you need to get a crowbar to get anything. Taking like, quite a while to yeah, pick away the smallest thing. So even me just like saying stuff like this is like I'm like sweating, just like having to open up about stuff like this. But yeah, I think whenever with her, she was so adamant that I talk about it because we we've been friends for like years before I started talking about that sort of stuff. Yeah, and she would always just always ask and then always ask very open open questions and. After a while, I just started to open up, and I feel like my relationship or my lack of relationship with my father had, had such a massive knock-on effect on how my relationships in life were, um, both with actual friends and both within relationships. How do you think it affected your... I think it's just the, the fact that, one, I was a closed book, and I, and I tried to just do everything myself. Like, it kills me having to ask people for help. I appreciate that. And then also my stubbornness as well. Like, just... If I was in a situation, the last thing I want to do is ask for help. I would rather, unless I'm desperately need it. And I yeah. think that's that's was a knock-on effect of that kind of experience, not having a father on, just not being able to trust people. Having to grow up as well, quite yeah. quite quickly. I'm guessing with those kind of situations. Yeah, my mom, my mom's always been great. My mom literally was uh, was more than enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. And at the time when I was growing up, I didn't really think that that situation that I was dealt was re- even really affecting me. But when I spoke with Jenna, I realized that it actually was. And even now that I look back, I'm like, all these people that I had in my life, all these girls that I dated or um, 
had like an intimate relationship, I just could never commit. No matter how much I knew that they were good for me, I, I would just, I would always have an excuse or I'd always be that immature one that would like almost act out in a way that would force them to push themselves off me kind of thing as like a coping, coping mechanism. And I think it was back then, I didn't realize this until like now. Now that I'm older, now that I self-affect, now that I'm, the relationships that I'm in now or that I've been in now, I, I look back and think, are there some similarities between how I'm feeling now? And it was then, I think the thing when it comes to my mental health at the state is that I didn't, I didn't really know that I was going through it, which is kind of scary to think of like you, I was going through that, but I almost accepted it as that's how I'm supposed to feel. I'm, su- I'm supposed to feel this, this abandonment. I'm, like my dad's not here and I'm just, I'm upset about it. And I think the, the biggest, I think one of the biggest times, so there's been a couple of times as I was growing up, I, I as a kid, tried to get in touch with him, emailed, tried to call, stuff like that. And we would email back and forth for a while, but the thing is, he would take like weeks to respond weeks like I'd respond and then it would take weeks to respond and then I'm just like what is going on like dude I don't I don't even know if you have another kid but I'm like I'm a, I'm, I'm the child in the situation I'm the one like making like all the effort like how how is this even a thing when where, when you were how old are you when you were like sending those messages these emails would have been around 15 16 that is. So, like I, I was at a, I was at a stage where I'm <clears> growing up I'm maturing and I'm going through a stage where I'll, there's a lot of learning being done and I'm like trying to somewhat rejuvenate a relationship with my At that age as well, yeah. like, there's so much going on as a 16 year old. And it's just like after a while I'm like, you know what, what how, am, how am I the child and I'm the one trying to like fix this relationship with my with my father and the, the one that would, the final straw was literally, I was 15 um, and I was, it was the week before my, my, no I was 50, yeah 15, it was a week before my 16th birthday and I was on the phone to my dad. I think either my mum called him or I called him or something. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's your 16th birthday next year, 12th September. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to call you on your 16th birthday. Yeah. And then 16th birthday came around. I had no phone call. You know what? You know what? That, that, that moment actually reminded me of that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air scene. You remember? I'm going to cry, mate. Don't, don't, don't bring up that scene. That scene's so emotional. And with like Uncle Phil, where he was just, his dad's come back in his life and then they're about to go and hang out. And his dad was just like, oh, can you tell Will that I, I'm sorry, I can't make it. And Uncle Phil was like, no, you're going to tell him. You're going to tell him this. And then Will like just stumbled, walks in the room. He's like, yo, daddy where are we going? And then his dad just really awkward and he's just like, um, yo, Will, like, I'm sorry, but this thing's come up with work, but I'm going to call you next week. I'm going to call you next week. And then Will was just like... And that scene happened where he was like... He, like, then, Phil hugged him yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that scene. Phil hugged him in the end because, like, obviously Will, I don't think Will Smith, but real life Will Smith didn't have a relationship with his daddy. Yeah, that, 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 that scene was natural. Scene was all, like, natural. That's crazy. Like, meet him, he's going he's gonna to learn to drive, he's going to find him a hot wife, he's going to get married. And that, that scene was, like, when he said, like, He's gonna be a great father to his kids because there's nothing that his dad can teach him how on how to raise a kid, and that's the way I look at it now. It's like I've never had a father figure in my life, but I know what not to do. You know what I mean? Fuck, man, that's heavy. That is yeah. like I think that's an incredible thing that like, because obviously that was a turning point, and especially if like I'm watching an episode like that has like that kind of effect on you as well. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. I think like I think stuff like 
stuff like that really helps people because if you can resonate to the situation, it, mm. it helps you slightly. So, fuck, man, that's... I know, you've never, you've never told me this before in that much detail. No. That's, um, I can only imagine what that's like. And I can, like, did you ever get bullied on because of that in school? Like, not having a dad? Were kids ever, like, nah. like me? Because I know kids are, like, fucking cunt yeah, sometimes. Um, nah, I never really did, didn't, I never got bullied about anything in school. Just lucky. But, um, as I said, I, I never, on the surface, let it affect me yeah. in any sort of way. Like, you'd never look at me and think, that was the thing. My mum probably doesn't know half this, so hello, mum. Big up, Miss Dwayne. Yeah. I've heard some great things about Ms. you. Big up, Miss Clover Watts. But yeah, as, as I said at the start of me just talking about this, like my mum's been always more than enough. Like she's she's been a rock. She's always been there. Um, but she's always tried to get me to talk. But, you know, as a teenage, a teenage boy growing up in a house with just your mum, like you're always going to be just a little bit more reserved in terms yeah. of like talking about your feelings and again it goes back to what we said before like growing up you weren't really taught much about well mental health like the fact that me going through that I never thought it was like a like a mental health issue I just thought it was just a life issue like this is just what it is and that's how I thought realized that I just wasn't able to handle it or I wasn't handling it in the right way and acting out in other sort of ways to kind of combat that What's some stuff, I know you mentioned that obviously it left you quite closed and mm. shut off and stubborn. What's some stuff that you have done recently, I guess, to work on stuff like that? What do you do actively? I think... Apart from having quite stubborn friends. <laughs> I, think, um, I think the way... I try to live a, a lifestyle that I enjoy. Um, I try to, to manifest the lifestyle that I want. Um, I think stuff like just exercising has been so good. Just a time where I can go to the gym and almost cut away from the world. Mm-hmm. Because in the life that we live now, social media is just so prominent. We work full time. The only really alone time you get is before you go to bed in the shower and then pretty much in the gym because you have your headphones in, you can zone out. Going for jogs has always been a good one. Yeah. Um, I think just the health and fitness thing is just... Um, a major point and then just going for walks with him on my own yeah. going down to the beach land in the sand I think just small small little intricate things have helped me to kind of keep a very very positive mind frame and, and, and good space in my head what about you? what kind of things do you do? Um, confide confide mm-hmm. in people like outside of going to the gym which I don't know if I, I don't know if I do that for my mental health. Maybe if I didn't do it, when I don't, I, do it, I, I, I feel I, shit. I, based on what I know about you, like you, do, you enjoy the gym, so I think it definitely helps. Because if you yeah. don't go, you're kind of like, oh, I feel quite shit. I've been a while. So yeah, I, I was saying this before. I was like, I don't currently suffer with any like mental health issues. Yeah, I have dealt with issues in the past, and you know, even quite recently going through a breakup, having like massive like anxiety, panic attacks. Mm. But I think it's like, it's not I don't deal with it at the moment. It's like I was saying, I do things to protect my mental health. That's why it seems like I don't deal with things. And those things are going to the gym, even stuff like this, like having a, having a platform to just like speak about stuff quite openly and honestly and just, you know, it's quite therapeutic. Yeah. Having friends to just like talk to, to just be like, you know, look, I'm just dealing with a bit of shit at the moment. Just really interested on your opinion. I think I do that quite a lot. Um, 
I think those would be like my three biggest things. And, you know, we put up a post yesterday um, about what other people do to deal with stuff like that. And I had some like great responses. Yeah. Some people see like a psychologist. Uh, one of my friends goes to jujitsu. If he's listening to this, big up. He's got his blue belt. And, uh, and some people like go on walks, um, uh, meditating, going on walks. I think hearing stuff like that, which is why I wanted to like ask people, is just to see like the, you know, someone said playing football, mm. even like taking yourself out of certain situations that cause those situ- yeah. cause those problems. Like you can, you can't, yeah, you can't expect your environment to change for you. You have to change for your environment. I think so many people expect for things to just happen and for their environment to change, for their job to get better, for their relationship to get better, for their friendship to get better, for all these situations. Like, you have to make the change. You yeah. have to do something about it. And I think, you know, I, you know, used to do that myself. I used to, you know, wait for things around me to change before making a leap. And it's like, now, if I want to, I need to see a change, like, I have to do it. And, yeah. and I have, like, I've walked away from relationships. I've walked away from certain situations. I've walked away from certain friendships that I had to do because they were never going to do it themselves. And I was only damaging my mental health and my headspace by continuing that situation and um yeah i like that point that person said about that it's you know learning when to walk away from certain situations yeah human beings always take the path of least resistance mm-hmm. so the easier decision is to yeah cover it up with multiple yeah. nights out multiple dates or whatever it is your catalyst to deal with the situation um i think human beings naturally always do that um i know that when i had initially gone through a breakup I started having my mum's quite an anxious person. She's what, my mum's quite an anxious person, anxious person and uh, she has she get yeah she's quite an anxious person. I hope you don't mind me saying that, mum. Everyone mm-hmm. who knows you would say it's true. Uh, I love you though, and uh, I think some of that sometimes rubbed off on me. And I know that when I went through a breakup, I started having like real big panic attacks yeah. and I'd be on the phone to my friend and I would know that I'm having one I know that and I don't I don't naturally have panic attacks I used to be quite an anxious person or have like anxiety I used to get very anxious about situations but now I'm, I'm, I'm quite chill I think about it more I take my time I take a breather but w- when this situation happened I was just straight away panic mode yeah I mean when one tiny thing went wrong it would like compound and I would start you know be like cool what if I lose my job I, I get shit at it, I lose my hat, I lose my flat, I can't pay rent, all this, I'm gonna have to go. And from the tiniest thing, I went from that to being booted out of the country. I was like, I don't even know how I got from there to there. Yeah. And so the, what, I, what I did at the time is again, I'd call my mate and I'd be like, look, I know I'm just like panicking, I'm overthinking here, but can you just like walk me through what I'm thinking about? And you know, my mate Dan, big up, he would- uh, he, uh Lever. Lever. Yeah, he, he, he would just be like, um, you know, he would walk me through what I'm going through and be like, look, I completely appreciate obviously how you feel mm. and it does make sense you having this feeling, but let's break this situation down. Yeah. This doesn't lead to that, that doesn't lead to that, that doesn't lead to that. It's just fear. You're That's almost what, like creating scenarios in your just, head. Yeah, just creating yeah. fake scenarios that weren't even real. I'm like, I've just gone through this breakup. Because of that, I'm sad. Because I'm sad, I can't focus. If I can't focus, I can't do my job. If I can't yeah. do my job, I'm going to get fired. If I get fired, I'm going to eat through my savings. If I eat through my savings, I can't pay rent. If I can't pay rent, I'm going to be homeless. If I go homeless, I've got to go home. I got from that because I was <laughs> You've sad. You've literally gone from that all the way to being homeless. And yeah. Home. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, it was, it was a horrible feeling. Yeah. And it, like, my arsehole was just tight the whole time. I just couldn't breathe properly. Yeah. And, um, it's a, it's a, just a, a shitty feeling. Um, how, how do we get to this again? We were saying that, yeah, sorry, times that I have felt like mm. that. 
yeah so I think that's how I try and deal with it again and just looping back to just just talking I think talking to someone is so helpful whatever your catalyst is if it's going to the gym go to the gym if it's going on a walk go on a walk seeing a, a psychiatrist a therapist yeah but for me it would definitely be talking to people I'm quite a, a communicative person now more yeah. than I was back in the day I think I used to you know having going through a multitude of things when I was younger not just to do with my dad it made me grow up very quickly yeah and because of that i just took everything on my own shoulders not only that i would also try and take on all my friends problems as well i think there's like an issue and i've read up about this it's it's like people who've gone through serious trauma have like an addiction to helping people through their stuff it almost like negates your issues yeah massively oh yeah i'm i'm gonna help gonna help you out yeah so then i don't need to talk about my stuff i've only recently like stopped doing that in like the past year i realized that it wasn't helping me anymore and i I would get such a joy out of someone would tell me an issue like cool be on the phone to them back home be like i need to fix everything about this situation because it would make me feel better about my life Mm. and only recently i don't do that to everyone now it's only selective people i don't do that just it takes a lot of energy it does it really is quite draining especially yeah it is very draining and um and that's what i use and i realized after i sit there and think about it you know like at times when you you know you you self-reflect and it was like this is why I'm doing it because of these issues because I've had to do this on my own I've had to go up quite quickly so I'm just covering up with you know bollocks that I'm trying to deal with outside of my own shit so now I don't do that as much anymore and I feel better for it not that I'm not there for my friends but I am but I'm not just going to just try to fix everyone's problems anymore. yeah for sure because every like as you, said, you have your own issues that you need to deal with and it's great like trying to help out as many people as you can but it comes to a stage where it can be one detrimental to you as on your mental health if yeah. you're trying to fix so many people's problems you're having all this pressure on your shoulders that you've probably given yourself because then you're trying to like ignore your own issues yeah. but then that's going to build up it's like it's like whenever you for example this podcast we're trying to give 100% to it but if you have all these different things that you're focusing your energy on how is it going to be successful yeah. it's possible to focus your energy on loads of different avenues but I think it's also important to to know your limits, and I think, for example, your sort of the, your mental health issue, and you don't now decide that you're gonna designate your time and energy one into your own mental health. But then, if you're a friend, you have certain friends that you're willing to give like all of yourself to if they ever need help. But if if you're now deciding out of like guilt that you're gonna do it to like I don't know I don't know how many friends you do now, but yeah. it's like if you decide that you're gonna start doing more, it's gonna be so. so daunting and so much pressure and use a person and same with me because when I was growing up I used to like enjoy when people would open up to me and feel like they could because it made one me feel like I'm you're important yeah one important but someone that they could also trust because I used to say I'm like the best secret keeper in the world because people would just tell me stuff and I would never repeat it almost to the point where I put it to the back of my head and I wouldn't remember it until they like brought it up to me again and always try even to this day I always try to give advice as well as I could but I think when I'm looking back on now literally just sitting here it's like that could have just been me almost trying to just suppress my own feelings by concentrating everyone else's yeah I think as well I try to I quite enjoyed being everyone's go-to mm like the advice giver, the person they confide in. And to some level, I, I do. I quite, I do quite like it because I like being there for my mates. But good, for, good for the Eagles somewhat as well. It is as well. I think back then it was, it was a lot more important to me then than it is now. Yeah. Back then it was like self-validation. Through everything I was going through and everything I had been through, it made me feel that I was still okay. Yeah. And the fact that people were coming to me meant that I'd got through what I was dealing with. 
So I think it, it helps, yeah, validate your own concerns or, or issues. I agree. Um, um, I, kind, I kind of don't, don't, don't know what we've gone here. We've uh, gone a bit of a... Big old tangent. I'm sweating. I know, I'm sweating as well. Um, Behind the back of my knees. Yeah, so we kind of touched on like how people, what things we do and how um, people can do to like help themselves like battle these sort of issues. Um, and I think with men, I think redefining what it means to be a man is important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because um, I think, as you said earlier, it's it's really easy just to to suppress yeah. those feelings. And yeah, you can do it for a while. And I think with society as well, because we've been taught like being a man is about, as you said earlier, just being powerful and being... Toughen up. Yeah, toughen up kind of thing. I think it's important. I, I think it's going to be a societal change. We're going to have to change the way we think um, before like real change can happen. And, and, and real change takes like years. Like yeah. It's not going to change after a decade. It's not going to change after... Um, but we can make those changes like day by day it, yeah it starts with the small things though, as you said in the last podcast those little one percenters one percenters if you get one percent better every day you're 365 percent better at the end of the year look at that 365 percent is a lot to be uh, to get better by so I think that that is definitely the key those little one percenters um, to get better and I think to almost like wrap up the podcast I think it's good that we kind of just let people know those services um, in Australia so I've done like a bit of research so I found Beyond Blue Lifeline which is 24-7 Men's Line which is 24-7 and Suicide Callback Service um, which is um, which are a few of the, the different phone lines and, and available services you have if you're ever going through anything and obviously if any of my friends ever need to speak, yeah, like I'm literally a phone call away, or you know where I live as well. Yeah, same. If any of my friends need to speak, just don't. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. If any of my friends, obviously everyone knows. If everyone ever wants to speak about something, you know, always reach out. I think, and I'd like. I think it is really important just to say it's like we need to start having more of these conversations. Yeah, sure. I think that if anyone's dealing with something, you know, a few of our friends and a few of my friends back home have had situations recently, and I'm like, just speak, just speak about it. Yeah. Even if you don't think it's important, just have a chat because I mean, like vent. Just feel comfortable talking about. It. You shouldn't yeah. feel uncomfortable. Just vent. Yeah. Just have a bit of a vent and yeah. just talk and yeah. and I think it, it makes you. I think friendships are built on like vulnerability banter and just like you know I think those are the main things they're built on yeah. you know I think if the moment you start showing vulnerability and sometimes it takes you to go first to do that and that's what I, that's what I usually try and do that's why I think yeah, I've got I really good friendships I usually open up about myself first yeah. and what I found in the past is that then makes people feel comfortable to open up to me yeah. and I don't mind doing that because yeah. I'm more than happy to talk about you know certain situations um, he's so excited um, just calm just will you chill out he's just yeah, jealous um, you've, you've said your line earlier mate you sneezed that's all we're giving you uh, <laughs> but I think um, yeah I think it is important just speak to your mates and do something don't just sit there with it and expect the situation to change for you because it will never happen your environment will not change for you you have to change for your environment you have to, you have to actively protect your mental health yeah. for something to happen yeah. uh, whatever that is stop boozing stop smoking walk more exercise more work on you know whatever it is just do something on it or speak to someone about it before it gets worse no one ever think realised someone was going to commit suicide before they did commit suicide you know 
no one realised it when they had their first shitty feeling that that, that was going to compound over time. You know? Yeah. Um, Thank you very much. Is there anything if, else we wanted to... Was that when we were done? I think we're pretty much wrapped I think, up, I think we're done. Well, guys, just to end this off, I just want to say thank you if you've once, when you have listened to the whole thing, because obviously you definitely will. Um, thanks for listening to the second episode of Subject to Change. Um, really excited again to get your feedback. Um, and we've got some exciting episodes to come. We're going to be bringing some really, really cool guests on. Yes, um, yes it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And obviously, we'd love to have a laugh and we love to shoot the shit. But this is something that we thought was really important to us. We wanted a, and we wanted to speak about because as our as our um, slogan says, talking about the, the things that matter and the things that don't. And I think this is one of the things that does matter and that's uh, that's why we've done it but thank you very much for listening as always please follow us on all our social media channels instagram tiktok yeah um, facebook subscribe on youtube if you listen on spotify follow us there if you listen on apple please give us a review or in soundcloud please give us a like five star yeah you absolute legend so thank you very much everyone and um yeah peace peace let's go <laughs>